to the Fromer Travel Show. I'm your host, Pauline Fromer. We're going to travel all around the world today, and we're going to do it with pets in tow, because that's how many people travel nowadays. And to help us discuss that topic, I have one of our favorites on the line. She is Stephanie Rosenblum. She wrote a terrific article for the New York Times called Hotels Roll Out the Red Carpet for Pets. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the Fromer Travel Show. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. So a couple of years ago, well, maybe over a decade ago, the big news in travel was simply that hotels were accepting pets. Nowadays, though, I guess the competition is so fierce to get pet owners that many hotels are just going over the top in terms of of what they're giving, mostly to dogs, it looks like. Yes. Uh, But to try and lure pet owners. What was the most outrageous perk for our four-legged friends that you found out about in reporting this piece? I feel like it's probably the in-room dining menu for dogs at uh, the new Andas in Mexico City, Condesa. They, they have an entire menu just for the dog, uh, you know, and it's the sort of thing that if you didn't see that it was a menu for dogs, you yourself might be interested in the food. You know, there's chicken tacos, uh, like there's salmon, there's vegetables. <laughs> it's, it's, it looks delicious. Yeah. No, it, I, that was what was so surprising to me. Not that there were amenities, but that there were amenities at some of these places that were just so luxurious. I mean, and even even the big chains, this isn't just individual hotels. Like I was really surprised to learn that Hilton partners with pet products and services, a service company called Mars yes. Pet Care. Yes, that's so that yeah. so that not only is your dog well cared for, but you might be able to get help if behavior issues arise. How does this partnership work? So what they're doing is they've partnered. It's a service they're calling Mars Pet on Demand, and what it is is free virtual support. So if you're a guest there, you can access it through a phone helpline or a website with a live chat feature. And they will give you advice or answers to your questions. And it could be, you know, my my dog is, you know, acting oddly, he's doing this, what do you think it could be? Or he's having some behavioral issues. And because we've been traveling, we've been in the car, what do you advise? So they've, they now have this partnership. And it's at a number of their brands, you know, like Canopy by Hilton is one example, Hilton Garden Inn. There, uh, there's several of them that, that offer the service. Right. No, I thought that was absolutely fascinating. Did you find out, are people using this service? Because I could see why it would be something that would lure travelers, but I, I got to wonder if it's actually widely used. Right. And I, well, this is pretty uh, new for them. So I don't know what, I don't, you know, it, it remains to be seen how popular it will or won't be. But it's interesting, like everybody seems to be moving in the direction of, as you say, not just tolerating pets, but like court, actively courting them. And I, we've seen, you know, a number of the hotels make comments in earnings calls and things about how, especially during the pandemic, 
people kind of made a decision that when they're traveling, if they have pets, they want to take those pets with them. So if you want those travelers, you're going to do things to make their life easier. Yeah, I am one of the people who got a dog at the height of the <laughs> pandemic for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. So now I have yeah, now I have friends and actually I'm reacquainting myself with folks. I, I ran into a guy I knew in high school who is now a minister with a huge golden retriever <laughs> that he's taking he's he's taking a sabbatical for a month and a half and he's bringing the dog to Europe. Yes. I, I yeah. mean I was stunned when exactly. I heard that this is a big dog. Exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's right. And that's the other thing. It's not just also, you know, oh, you can bring a, a, a toy, you know, a toy dog, a little dog with you. You can act, right. you can bring whatever size dog you have. They're, they're, they're aiming to accommodate you. And, and, and not only accommodate, but make that dog feel darn good. <laughs> like at a loft hotels. They're giving them a bowl, a bed, a frisbee, a rope toy, yep. uh, dog towels, paw paw wipes. I, I mean, it, it really is so surprising. What is now? Kimpton is one, yeah, uh, that has long been on the pet bandwagon That's because right. they're they're the they're the ones who, if you ask, they'll put a goldfish bowl with a goldfish in your room so you won't be lonely, <laughs> right? Yes. They're, what do they? What are they doing for dogs? Well, they what you know. So Kimpton, from the time they were founded in eighty one, like they they've never charged extra for pets, and they've always had you know things like yes, they've got the water bowl and the doggy bag if you forgot it. But last year they in they started a partnership with um, an app called Wag, which is an app that that and you don't have to. This is an app that exists independently of Kimpton, but dog owners have used it to schedule walks for their dogs, you know, or to have somebody like, let's say you're going to be away all day and you want someone to drop in and just, you know, make sure your dog or your cat's okay. Like they'll stop by your house. They do pet sitting. They also do some training. And so what's gone on with Kimpton is if you're a guest at any of their properties uh, in the U.S., you can schedule walks and drop-ins with WAG. And there's, there is a fee for that because that's WAG's fee for the, you know, the people that they're sending to do it. But Kimpton will actually coordinate it for you. So if you're at a hotel and you say, I'm going out sightseeing for the day, they, they just ask you to give permission and Kimpton will facilitate the dog walker going to your room, getting the dog, walking the dog, bringing the dog back to your room. Like they'll handle the whole transaction. Do you think Kimpton would do this in my apartment too? I could really <laughs> use this help. That's that's amazing, and and not surprisingly, Virgin, which mm -hmm. is now a hotel group, not just a not just a cruise line, not just an airline. They're starting hotels. Their newest one is in New York, and I loved your your description of the treats they receive. Oh, yes. Your eco-friendly treats from shameless pets. Uh, tell us about Virgin and what they're doing yeah, for pets. Yeah, so they, they're pet friendly. And so they, they call them, you know, they have amenities for the humans and then they have pet amenities for the dogs. And so, you know, they give you the dog bed and the food and the water dish. The dog also gets like a red Virgin Hotel branded bandana. So, you know, you can go around Manhattan. Everybody knows where you're staying. And uh, they, the Shameless Pets um, upcycles leftover food and they turn it into treats. So those are the treats that they are, are giving out at the hotel for the dogs. Yeah. 
amazing. And Mm -hmm. it's not just hotels. This is also the case that uh, rental companies are also trying to get in on the deals. So what do you need to know if if you're going to go to either like a home and villa Mm -hmm. owned by Marriott Bonvoy or go with Airbnb? What's the landscape there? Yeah, so they've all, I think, you know, and Marriott specifically had pointed out that they were they were seeing that people were really turning, they have a search filter and all of these, all of the big rental sites have this, that you turn on a filter for the, to be, you know, pet friendly, they may call it different things, but it's pretty obvious what it is when you're searching. And, you know, in, in Marriott's uh, Homes and Villas case, they, they, they partnered with Petco. And so they asked Petco to sort of quote curate properties that they felt would be great for pet owners. And this, the sort of the bar for that are homes that have yards, or maybe it's near a beach that allows pets, or it's near a hiking trail where you can go hiking with your pet. And then they're off they're they're also like highlighting properties that have bedding or toys and treats. And so you can, it's the same way that you would search for any how, you know, any home rental, except that they've sort of put together this classification of properties where not only is the pet allowed, but there may be perks and they, and it's in a location where you would be happy to, to go walking with the, with your pet. One of the things that you touched on briefly, but didn't, didn't really do for every property listed Mm -hmm. was one of the barriers to bring your pet, especially if you, you own a big dog is the cost because a lot of hotels charge extra. Are those fees going away in the hope that that pet owners will book these specific hotels or are they, are they increasing? Cause we're, you know, we're seeing an increase in fees across the industry. Exactly. Well, and it's tough to know, right? Because if they want, they could just build that into the price of the room and say it's pet friendly, uh, but not yeah. say, you know, that it's additional. So most of them do are still, you know, breaking it out. But so for instance, like Virg, you know, Kimpton doesn't charge. Virgin is not charging. Uh, the, but, uh, you know, Andaz, for instance, has a, a pet fee. They're like a hundred a night, right? So and usually, uh, I think it is, I forgot. Oh, yeah, it's a loft, for instance, has nightly pet fees, but they leave it up to the individual hotel. So it's not a set fee across the entire, they have some, gui- they have guidelines, so they have some, right. some, right. some range, but they, it's not uniform at every single hotel. So Kimpton's been doing it for free for a really long time. And they were, and they've been the only one for a really long time. And now we, you know, now you see Virgin doing it. And with the rentals, it's up to the individual homeowner to make that sure. decision. But again, they can build that into their nightly rate and right. not break it right. out. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. Well, thank you so, so much, uh, Stephanie, for appearing on the Fromer Travel Show. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, there are different ways to mark the importance of a vacation. And some of us buy souvenirs just so we can bring something back with us that that feels meaningful. But there was a fabulous article in the Washington Post recently. It was called Skip the Souvenir Shop and Scour an Estate Sale. Sanctioned snooping in a stranger's home combines the joy of thrifting with the dash of immersive theater. To help me with discuss this 
really interesting idea is Sonia Weiser. She is the author of that article. Hey, Sonia, welcome to the Fromer Travel Show. Thank you so much for having me. So I just thought this was a great idea because, you know, when we travel, getting to go into strangers' homes and seeing how they live is is such a, a unusual thing for travelers. Usually you only get to see the inside of hotels and the inside of tourist sites. I know you've done this all over New York City. What's the appeal? Do you always buy or is it more about the experience? Oh, no, I don't always buy at all. For me, it's about, well, one, it's about seeing the architecture of a lot of these older homes because the people who are putting on estate sales tend to have been there for decades at this point. Ah. So Why the apartment, is that? Because they have accrued a lot of stuff. If you're moving after five years, you probably don't need to hire a company to put on an estate sale. If you've been living there for 30 years, you have your a good chunk of your life that's in your house that you have to then relocate. Or if someone has passed away, the family has to figure out what to do with. So a lot of times they don't want to take that responsibility on their own. Yeah. Yeah. But so you go in and you see the architecture. What else do you see? So a lot of it I've noticed over the years is China patterns, because again, it's people who've been there for 30, 40 years. So you have a lot of the same crystal, a lot of the same wedding patterns, um, a lot of the same like knickknacks and types of art. And so like for me, that's such a fascinating thing to look at, because when I go into friends' apartments, it's all the same for our generation. Mm. So it's all Ikea, it's all Crate and Barrel, it's all like West Elm. (laughs) So just to see how the norm has changed over time. Yeah. So you see the China patterns. Do you see any kind of similarities from a state sale to a state sale in New York? Oh, sure. I mean, again, if you have people who've been there for 30 years, everyone has the same iron. Everyone has the same (laughs) Time magazines. Everyone has the same books that they think might get someone like a dollar. Uh When I was interviewing someone for the piece, she was saying that she always tells people to not throw anything out because you never know what someone's going to take. They might take, like like I bought a drawing instruction book from someone, um, maybe for a dollar because I wanted to use one of the illustrations as art in my house. Yeah. People buy mugs, people buy like janky Christmas ornaments. You just never know. Um, Some people like buying old newspapers because that's memorabilia. So these little things that you don't think have any value, someone else might find value in them. Isn't that fascinating? But how do you find out where these estate sales are happening? And are they always in somebody's house or is sometimes the stuff moved out somewhere else? Or is that called something different? So that does sometimes happen. I personally don't find those as interesting for obvious Mm. reasons. But so estatesales.net is my go-to source. They have all the estate sales coming up all over the country. So there's those, there's people post on Craigslist, people post on Facebook Marketplace. Sometimes you just see signs on the street. I've definitely seen that a few times and I'll like take a picture. Right. Yeah. So like those are my main sources. I think in smaller towns, you'd probably find in the classified ads if the local newspaper still exists. Huh. Statesales.net. Now, do you have to worry about just being a looky-loo? 
No. I mean, do people take that? So they don't, they don't mind that people are just coming in and, and looking through the stuff. No, not at all. Cause I mean, the people who go just looking or might end up buying something. I never know when I'm going to end up with something. Sometimes I'll go with the intention of just browsing and like a weird mirror will catch my eye. Mm-hmm. So the more people who traffic through, the better off they'll do. And a lot of times, depending on how popular it is, they'll give numbers at the door. So it's almost like a deli counter. So you have to wait your turn to go in. Right. Now, I know for travel with a lot of souvenir shops, if you buy a big souvenir, they will often help you get it to wherever you're going. That doesn't happen with estate sales, right? You're in charge of getting wherever you're, whatever you buy to the next site. For the most part, sometimes they do have certain arrangements to help out, or they'll just have people there who can help you carry things to your car. I've never bought anything huge. I've never asked about having it delivered, but usually these people want their stuff out as soon as possible. So they're not willing to hold it to make your life more convenient. That's not what any of this is about. Right, right. Well, it's a it was a fascinating article and I thought a really interesting idea for travelers. Why not? It's a great way to to see how perhaps older people lived or I guess people going through terrible tragedies because yeah, often yeah. this is the result of divorce or moving. Moving isn't a tragedy, but death and divorce are certainly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for appearing on the Fromer Travel Show, Sonia. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Our next guest is here to announce something that I think is a huge deal. She is Leanne Garrity. She is the Chief Customer and Sales Officer from Air New Zealand. Welcome to the Fromer Travel Show, Leanne. Kia ora, Pauline. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. And am I right Is Air New Zealand about to put into place the first lie flat option for economy class travellers? You are right, Pauline. The Sky Nest is um, first of its kind and we're incredibly excited to be announcing that we'll be adding it to our offering for customers um, from late next year. And it's going to be going from Chicago and New York initially to New Zealand. How long is that flight? Right. Well, so from New York, it's roughly around 17 hours. And from Chicago, um, about 15 or 16. It slightly depends on the winds, Pauline, but that's the rough length of those (laughs) flights. Well, what I loved about this uh, new initiative is its creativity. These, this air nest, you don't get it for the whole flight, right? How does it work? Okay, so you're quite right. SkyNest is a product that customers that have booked a ticket in either the economy or premium economy cabin can purchase to add on to their flight. And basically, they are able to book in four-hour time blocks. So each of the SkyNest has a four-hour time. Customers will book a specific time ahead of actually starting their flight. And the four-hour time slot is actually interestingly based on quite extensive research. So when we were developing the product, we we went uh, to a lot of sleep experts and four hours actually enables a person to go through two full REM cycles, which run for 90 minutes each, and then gives obviously our crew time to let people settle in and then wake up to to leave the sky nest when their time frame's over. 
and you change the sheets between customers, I'm assuming. We absolutely do. We've allowed 30 minutes <laughs> between changeover. So we change the sheets and the pillow and the blanket and clean the sky nest and have it all well set up and prepared, ready for the next customer. Now, I think the nest name for this is pretty appropriate, actually, because it it looks like a little nest. You you have bunk beds, right? What, what does the sky nest look like? So you're quite right. The sky nest does look like a series of, of bunks. It is in one pod. There are six, six sky nest positions and they are three on each side. So there is one low down, one in the middle, and then one higher up. And there is a small step in the middle of each of those three configurations to enable people to enter and um, come out of the bunks quite easily. So that, that's what the configuration looks like. It is actually a pod that contains the six nests, three on each side with obviously a little area in the middle to enable people to get in and out. So these aren't things that are going to fold to sitting. When you're in the sky nest, you are horizontal, right? You are totally horizontal. They fixed position, lie flat pods. And each of the pods has its own reading light. It has a USB outlet filtration system and also a privacy curtain. So once you're in the pod, you can pull your curtain over and you're tucked away nice and safe and sound, um, fully private for your rest and relaxation. Now, how many of these sky nests will be available to customers on each flight? Six. So there'll be one pod on each flight, Pauline. I see. I see. Okay. So how many economy class customers are there? I mean, I would think this is going to get competitive. Who gets who gets time in the nest? Yes. Well, it will depend on which 787 aircraft customers are traveling on because the idea is our new 787, which is due to be delivered at the end of next year, will come fitted with the Sky Nest. But at the same time, we're also... Um, retrofitting our existing 787 fleet uh, with the product. So we will have varying numbers of economy and premium economy customers on board dependent upon which aircraft they're actually travelling on. We will have obviously multiple periods of four hours available for people, so it's not just six people per flight that will have the opportunity to book SkyNest. What if it doesn't get booked? Can people choose to do it while on the flight or is is it only available if you book it in advance? So to start with, Pauline, when we launch the product, we will be only making it available for advanced bookings. However, the teams are working behind the scenes to make an in-flight purchase of SkyNest should it be available and a customer hasn't had the opportunity to pre-book it available for them um, to actually purchase and make use of. Well, it sounds it sounds amazing. I, I I thought it was such a smart thing to do. I'm hoping in the future you can have more pods on each flight so everybody gets a lie down. And I've got to tell you, I spent much of the last, well, maybe it was three months ago, editing our new guidebook. Uh, Fromers is coming out with a new guidebook to New Zealand, and we're going full color with it. So I spent hours upon hours choosing photos. And I've never had as much trouble choosing photos because each one was more gorgeous than the next. 
You live in a stunning country. I've been there myself and, and I'm a big fan. And I think it's going to be even more stunning when you can get there actually and have had some rest. <laughs> so many congratulations. Thank you. That is the idea. We want our customers to hit their destination um, ready to go. So thank you so much. We think we live in a beautiful country as well. And we'd love to welcome um, lots of visitors to, to explore Aotearoa uh, over the coming years. Yes, absolutely. They should. Well, thank you so much for appearing on the Fromer Travel Show. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's show. But before we go, I wanted to talk about a couple of really pressing issues for travelers. The first is lodgings in Hawaii. This is a subject I know a lot about right now because I'm in the middle of editing the upcoming Fromer's Day-by-Day Maui book, and I've been absolutely stunned by the cost of hotels there. In fact, I was updating some of the material on Fromers.com, and we have a record. I can see how much the prices were, and pre-pandemic, prices were literally half of what they are right now. Now, why is that? I asked Jeannie Cooper, who's our uh, wonderful, wonderful Maui author, and she told me that something very strange is happening there. Because of short staffing, a lot of hotels have decided to run at 50 or 60% occupancy and simply charge a lot of money for for their rooms. They, They simply don't feel they have enough staff They simply feel they don't have enough staff to keep the hotel fully booked, uh, but to support the hotel, to keep it in business, they're having to raise rates an insane amount. Right now on the island of Maui, for the cheapest hotel, you probably are going to be paying $300 a night, maybe $200 if you're lucky. And for a more glamorous hotel or one that's beachfront, you're looking at six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a night and up. It's insane. Now the history is that they're still seeing the same number of people coming to Hawaii, even with the occupancy rates down. Uh, it, the numbers are the same as they were pre-pandemic. And my author, Jeannie, said that she's noticing a lot of very strange uh, listings on Airbnb. People saying not that they have a room for them or an apartment, but you could park your car at my place for a couple of nights, which uh, leads her to believe, and this is uh, supposition, but it leads her to believe that maybe a lot of people are hosting car campers who are visiting there. That being said, there is another way to get around these crazy, crazy prices. If you're going, I would say make a reservation at a hotel and make sure that it's a a, a cancelable reservation. Most are. And then a week before you go, go to a site on Instagram. It's called at hotels. So the at sign and then hotels. You'll also find it at Trip Scout. This is one of those secret clubs for hotels where 
usually, not in this case, but usually people pay a membership fee and then they get access to less expensive hotel rates. Uh, for hoteliers who want to move rooms but don't want to, the entire world to know how much they're willing to discount, you're going to see hotel rates that are 25 to 50% less than you will see on Expedia, Orbitz, Travelocity, or even the hotel's own websites. Now, why is that? That's because any hotel that has a contract with a major search engine, and they all do in Hawaii, cannot contractually give much deeper discounts than they give to that search engine. So they have to use these private clubs to move a couple of rooms. And they are trying to move these rooms. So that's a way to have a less painfully expensive vacation to Hawaii. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and we've talked about this before, but it's it's a real issue, passports. If you need to get it renewed, if you need to get a new one for the first time, you're in trouble. <laughs> in past years, the record number of passports issued by the passport agency was 22 million. This year, they're on track to give out 26 million new and renewed passports. And they don't have the staff to do it uh, in an expeditious fashion. Uh, That's partially because during the pandemic and under Trump, there was a hiring freeze at the State Department, which has left them still understaffed. It has to do with the fact that during the pandemic, a lot of people simply didn't get their passports renewed when they should have because they knew they wouldn't be traveling. Uh, So because of the confluence of those two events, boy, oh boy, is it hard to get a passport nowadays. In fact, what we are hearing is don't go to the passport agency directly. You need to go to your congressperson's office and beg for their help. And now, unfortunately, even Congress people's offices are getting overwhelmed. A friend of mine who lives in Alabama is not getting help from hers. There is a a congressperson in a nearby district who is giving help, uh, but they're only dealing with people in their district. So a, a lot also depends now because they're so overwhelmed in how efficient your congressperson's office is. Uh, crazy, crazy times. So that's the bad news. But I also wanted to to announce some good news. We have expanded our offerings on the site road.travel. This is a site where you go, say you want to take a road trip in California or I don't know, in Florida or Long Island, and you want a bit of extra help. Well, we have worked with them to put together really damn good road trip apps that are linked to maps that are then linked to GPS. So they will tell you what's around you. They have beautiful photos, expertly written text, so that you don't have to guess as you're on the road. You can find the really intriguing, really recommendable stops along the way, whether that's an oyster farm uh, where they give tours on the coast of California, or a winery, or an interesting historic site, or a really great restaurant. We also include hotels there that you can book. 
So all that you need for your next road trip within the United States, you can find at fromers.road.travel. That's fromers.road.travel. So we hope you'll visit us there. And as always, I thank you for listening. Those who are traveling, may I wish you a hearty bon voyage. Next week, I'm taking off because of the Memorial Day weekend, but I'll be back after that. Watching cable